afternoon with Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway with podcast number 34. Well, I kept saying that in some shape or form there would be a Major League Baseball season, except it was driving me nuts. But now they are going to have a season and an announcer that we've all missed, but we will hear again this season, hopefully, the longtime voice of the Tigers, Dan Dickerson, who joins me. Dan, hi. Dennis, how are you? I am doing really good now that we, we've got some some games that are that are scheduled that we'll be able to say I wasn't doing good, you know, just baseball wise over the last three or four weeks with the with the constant back and forth and everything. Oh, you know, so, oh man, it was driving me nuts. Yeah, it, it agonizing. Was, it was so tough. So, have you scoured over all the health and safety protocols? You're good to go. I was just looking over it today. Uh... Yeah, basically for broadcasters, it's you know stay stay the heck away. <laughs> so, so you know, I'm sure I'll just wear a mask when I get to the ballpark, go right to my booth, and don't leave, and then leave the ballpark at the end of the day. That's it. The end. Well, I, it's it's going to be different. I mean, everything's 2020 is affecting all of us, you know, and we know the baseball season is going to be wild. Definitely going to be different. Uh, you know, out of everything. I just hope, you know, that they can get there and they can play. And, and we love listening to the games. And, 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 you know, there's always a million things to talk about in the regular season. Now we have, like, yeah. three million things here. So yeah. what's it going to be like in that booth? I mean, like, you're going to be able to go on the road? Are you going to be in your basement? Are you going to be up in the Comerica Park <laughs> press box? What are you going to do there? It looked like for a while we were not going to be able to travel and that all games would be from the booth. Uh, and then in the last well, last few days, I found out I will be able to travel. The question is, will that be on the team train uh, plane, which is normal, uh, but not normal this year? <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think I can make the cut. To be quite honest with you, we're we're going to try, and the team has some you know some many considerations about you have to be a tier two kind of you know employee. But those, those slots are getting filled up by people who need to be in the clubhouse and around players. So believe me, I understand if I, if I don't make the cup this year. But then I will, I'll drive. Mm. And uh, I, I figure I can drive to, you know, depending on what the next day, what the schedule turns out to be, uh, unless it's, you know, going from Milwaukee to Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> you know, every city except KC, St. Louis, Minnesota uh, will be – within five hours. I think Milwaukee would be six from where I live. So that's all doable. But if I have to go from Milwaukee to Pittsburgh, that might be a little tricky. But anyway, when the schedule comes out, I, I, I'm hoping I can probably do the majority of the games uh, away from the ballpark. And it, it's just, you know, much better to me than trying to call it off a monitor at home. I mean, I was getting used to that idea because that was going to be the deal. But I'd much rather be at the game. Well, it's a good thing you're not broadcasting in the, uh, the AL East or NL East or, you know, the West. If, if, you, if you were in the West or the East, it's, you can't do it. No, Miami to so. New York, to yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, you <laughs> <laughs> think about you know, Texas, you know, yeah. you've got Houston. That's not even that close. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not doable. But where are you at with, uh, like, piping in some sound, uh, ambient, ambient sound? Have you played around with that a little bit? Yeah, we, uh, I've talked to folks at the radio station and the team, and I think we're definitely looking at it. I mean, again, it's uncharted territory, and I think you know, fans might be like, oh, that sounds you know, silly. 
But I, I think if you got, apparently there are plenty of generic, you know, ballpark soundtracks out there. You know, they're, they're available. And just, you know, pick a good one, have it at a low level. So I just think when fans turn on the game, you've got that, you know, that kind of low-level hum, if you will, or kind of white noise of a ballpark sound. I, that makes sense to me. I have no idea how that will sound. Maybe we'll just put it in my headset to make me feel better. <laughs> Maybe we'll ride it really low, you know, over the course of the game. And I'm not talking about somebody sitting there, you know, like a laugh track and you know when somebody gets a double they're gonna ride the crowd noise no 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 no. i just think it might be a nice thing to have underneath we don't know but i think people are open to the idea i'd like to hear what it sounds like and i do think it might add a little bit to the broadcast well, I do too. You know, I know back in the day you could hear like the uh, the opera singing hot dog guy, you know, in, in the background. But, you know, at times you're doing the broadcast, you do have like a, a significant pause and you can just hear the, the, the sound of the ballpark right. in the background. If not, you're going to maybe feel like you need to speed it up and talk all the time. I, yeah. I mean, these are the kinds of things you're, you're thinking about and, and with no crowd, you know, you can joke all you want. Well, there weren't any crowds last year. Okay, there were small crowds last year at times at Comerica Park. But you know what? Even a couple thousand was better than zero. <laughs> and, and and that will always be the case. And that's why I'm hoping, you know, maybe by September we will have some crowds with a, you know, socially distanced, you know, two, three, four thousand, whatever the number might be. Uh, I'm still hoping we, we can do that because some fans are always better than none. And, you know, there's no question to the, anybody's going to feed off the, feed off the crowd. That's, you know, that's, fun part of the job really so it's going to be i'm you know thinking a lot about it and just how it's going to be different and i've got to provide the energy now um, maybe a little bit more but like you say if if there's nothing there even a ballpark though you know maybe you're going to hear a little bit more of the players uh talking matt boyd about this and <laughs> he said you know what he said you you might hear a little more trash talking between players now I said, really? He goes, oh, yeah. You know, we're competitors. And he said, once you get out there, you're going to be competing. And he said, you know, it's just like maybe when you were younger when there weren't many fans in the stands. You still want to compete. And he thinks there'll be a little more trash talk. It might be kind of fun. Might might have to have that delay button ready. Yeah, well, you better. I, I remember <laughs> when Joel. Button. Yeah, dump button. There you go. When uh, when Joel Zamaya, when the, the the bullpen door would swing open back in two thousand and six, you know the the crowd. I mean, it just brought so much energy there. You might just have to, you know, have a shot of espresso sitting around like eighth ninth inning if it's a close game, and then you know maybe that'll crank it up a little bit for you. <laughs> I don't know, you know, Dan, you know, baseball rewards, you know, all of these years, it, it rewards the tortoise, but this year, you know, it's, it's the hair. So now I'm just, you know, fascinated to, to think about, I like, am too. you know, you said it like some's better than none. And I wish they were playing 162. I would have, you know, the 81 sounded really good to me, 48, not so hot, but you know, 60, you know, <laughs> here, here we are. And, you know, I, I would never put a guy on second base and in all of that, but it's fascinating to think about, you know, all of the different things that these, uh, these managers might do to, you know, to tinker and, and get off to a hot start and, and, and try to stay. Oh, in yeah. it. All of the, all of them. I, I think we're just going to see all kinds of innovative stuff and strategies that you're like, wait a minute, we're, we're doing that in 
in April, quote-unquote. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing that in, you know, the first 20 games. Yes, yes, because every game is taking on added meaning, and it's going to be fascinating to see how teams construct their roster and how they use guys uh, during a game. Will you use a closer for more than three outs because, you know, you want to – you don't really have to worry about workloads other than consecutive days for relievers. So I think it opens itself up to all kinds of things. I think the idea of piggyback starts could be really interesting. We saw how well it worked for Daniel Norris last year. I mean, maybe you do it with him this year or my favorite idea, mm. <laughs> you know, let's get those rookies up here. <laughs> my eyes turn. You know, give piggyback. some major league. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about Michael Fulmer piggybacking with a Tarek Skubal. How fun would that be? You know, he's going to have probably a limited load. At least he's not going to come back and start throwing six, seven inning starts. Talking about Michael Fulmer coming back from Tommy John. Maybe the way you ease him back into the rotation is a piggyback starter with, you know, one of the kids. Casey Mize is, I'm telling you, Casey Mize is ready. Skubal is right there. <laughs> I mean, these, these guys would benefit so much. And I know Al's playing at cautious right now, but Gardy, I think, hinted that this is definitely something he'd like to see. You know, these guys, if they earn it, coming up. And I, I do think we'll see two of the three, if not all three, talk about Mize, Manning, Skubal at some point this year. But think about, you know, breaking him in as relievers or as the second guy in a piggyback start with a veteran. Could be fascinating. Well, I, I know they're going to have summer training as a you know run up before they get it going. But back in spring training, you know, listen to some of those games. Remember, I, I I don't know exactly where the guns are at or how different they are, but you had you know Scooble throwing you know ninety eight. Oh my god! You know, so there could be a bunch of piggybacks. I mean, I I, I was just sitting here scratching out some names. You know, Manning, Norris, Mize, Turnbull. Like you know, you said right. Fulmer, Manning, and anything like you know that's that all sounds great to me. Those three guys were all in camp when this thing hit. So they were still in camp when this thing hit. And think about that. That doesn't usually happen. A year ago, Mize made like two appearances and was sent back to the minor league camp. All three were still in camp at the time of the shutdown. Scooble had just made a start against the Astros on the road on Monday. That was not insignificant. They wanted to see how he handled it. And he faced a lot of regulars that day uh, against the Astros. So, to me, those are all signs that Ryan Gardenhire, Al Avila, want to get a look at these guys. You're judging them on spring training games, but they're reading body language, how they handle adversity. You know, I think Matt Manning's last outing, he got hammered in one inning, came back and blew away three regulars in the Yankees lineup in the next inning by cranking it up to 98-99. Uh, that's the kind of thing you look for. Yeah, you're going to take some lumps. How do you handle it? So I just think all three guys are supremely talented. Spencer Turnbull is going to be a horse. I'm telling you, this kid, he's going to take it up a notch. You've got a chance to have a rotation that could be really, really interesting in a short season. Yeah, I'll quote you from from way back in spring training, which seems like you know years ago. I just was listening to the one game, and you were like, there's no cap on Turnbull. There's no ceiling. That's kind of paraphrasing no. you, but I, I know that right. you were excited about his stuff, and Jim agreed. Yeah, and there's just, you know, quietly he made 30 starts last year, and he admits that I think, you know, he put a lot of stress on himself, and he, because of that, I think he didn't feel like physically 
He was at his strongest at any really one point last year or not for, you know, a lot of consecutive starts. Because he's a big, strong kid. And I just think, you know, he did some of the, took a page out of Matt Boyd's book and did a real overhaul on the mental side of the equation this offseason, as well as uh, kind of diet nutrition, which Matt did a couple years ago. And I just think he, he could have a monster year. The stuff is nasty. The fastballs is fastballs a swing and miss pitch as well as the slice. And it's going to be really fun to see his development. And I'm excited to see what Daniel Norris does, the way he finished last year with all those three-inning starts because they were trying to keep him in the rotation while limiting his innings. No, he was up to 94-95 by the end of the year. And he learned to develop some other pitches last year. So, I mean, you've got a potential one, two, three with those three, and then Fulmer comes back in some sort of role. I really believe he will. And then add in a rookie. The way the Tigers can stay in this thing, and they can. Come on, sixty game season. <laughs> now they were thirty six and thirty seven, seventy three games in the year they lost ninety eight two years ago. Yeah, right. So Father's so, Day, right, where they were going to Cincinnati. I yeah. remember that. Fulmer and Boyd were both starting down in Cincinnati, and uh, you know they were in it till Father's Day. I was pretty excited about that. Right. So could they be thirty two and twenty eight? In the 60-game season? Sure. Would that be close? I think it'd be very close to that fifth playoff spot. You probably need to win 33, 34, 35, but that's about that's about where you'll be. Um, but to me, the, the path for the Tigers, and it sounds crazy after a 47-win season. I get it. And if we were talking 162-game season, I wouldn't be talking about contending. <laughs> I'd be talking about improving. <laughs> uh, but in a 60-game season, the, the way they could contend, and make it interesting is with pitching and defense and an improved offense. The offense is going to be improved. The question is how much, um, and then spring training, we saw a team hit with a lot of power and that's what we needed to see. And that's why they went out and got scope and grown. And even Cameron Maiden was hitting with power last year. So the offense will be better. If it moves from the bottom to the middle, that's obviously a big improvement. But pitching and defense can really make this interesting. Bullpen's a huge question, but there are some promising arms down there. That's always a crapshoot. But the rotation, I think, will lead the way if this is going to be an interesting 60 games, which I think it will be. Yeah, it'd be nice to hit some more home runs there. You talked about those, uh, you know, big three, or uh, I guess Romine is the big four, if they can uh, provide some some power there. So all of those arms, Dan, you know, and I, I was looking at Al Avila, just some quotes today where he was saying, look, uh, you know, no service time. That's not in the equation here. And he said it sounded like a pretty big jump uh, to go from, you know, single A up to being on the taxi squad. I I don't So I guess that's Riley Green here, but but is Torkelson is what's, uh, you know, playing at Arizona State compared to with the minors? Is that like a, you know, close to getting up to the double A? What do you think there? Normal season, you you hit you sign a guy that almost everybody agrees was a once in a generation hitter. Let's call him a you know, several more than just a couple. Several people have been doing this a long time. So he's the best pure hitter in terms of power, average, plate discipline that they've seen in thirty years. Okay, let's. I mean, there's a little bit of hyperbole there, but still, that was more than just one person. So he probably would have started. At a ball, maybe Lakeland, and then quickly move to double A. Don't usually start a guy at double A right out of college. But if he's that good, I mean, 
I wouldn't have been surprised to see him at Double A. You look at Vaughn with the White Sox. He was going to be with the White Sox at some point this year, and probably will be. And he was drafted third overall last year, a college hitter. So, I think the, the most interesting thing for fans in the next few days will be the makeup of that 60-man roster. So you've got 30, and then you've got 30 on the taxi squad. And how many do you need to cover, you know, injuries and people maybe testing positive for COVID? Mm. Uh, is, is that number 15 of the 30 on the taxi squad? Is it, is it 20? Tigers used 54 players last year. That was 162 games to you. <laughs> you know, you're probably going to use 40 to 45 max this year in a 60 game season. Probably max, which allows you to, and, and I'll talk about this. And that's why there'll be some interesting decisions. And I think there'll be some flexibility. That numbers, you know, 60 will say 60, but I think you can move guys on and off that list, I'm guessing. So I think Spencer Torkelson will be on that list. I think Gage Workman might be on that list, his teammate from Arizona State. Uh, I think Dylan Dingler could be on that list. I think Riley Green could be on that list. And the reason I say that is these are top, top prospects who need to continue to develop. And if they're on that team, they get to play some inter-squad games. They get the hands-on instruction from Tigers have hired a lot of additional coaches to go with all the technology they've invested in, all geared at player development. And if you're on that 60-man, 30-man taxi squad and you're you know, a prospect, that doesn't mean you're about to be called up to the major league. I think what it says is you're on the fast track. We need you to get some playing time this year. And in inter-squad games, working with the best coaches that we have, they hired some really good ones on the pitching side, hitting side, that there's going to be great benefit in you being on that taxi squad. But that's a real balancing act, right? I mean, you've got to have guys ready to step in if somebody gets injured or goes on the COVID list. And then you want to have guys still developing instead of sitting idle all year long. We're talking about a fall league, but that's not a guarantee. No, well, you know what? All that sounds exciting to me. And, and if you're a Tigers fan listening right now, you've just been waiting. When are they going to slot these guys in? And and you're talking about that balancing act. But, you know, just from a fan standpoint, when you think about, well, it's not going to be service time. They're not going to have uh, taken away at-bats from Erie or Toledo. I, I, Paredes is probably a, a guy that they would have along. You know, it, it seems like it's it's his time, too, you know, to at least be on that, that 60 man. Yeah, I would say for fans, if you want to try to figure it out, and I think we the deadline is Sunday, take a look at the 40-man roster. I mean, I assume it's the 40-man, everybody on that 40-man, and then try to try to come up with the next 20, <laughs> balancing the need for guys who are major league ready with continued development of prospects. It's kind of a fun exercise. I was doing it with somebody yesterday, and it's, you start taking names around, you're like, well... And that's not an obvious name, and yet, you know, uh, it could be good insurance down on the taxi squad. So these these are all things that they're, they're trying to weigh, and it's going to be fascinating. There won't be games. There will be inter-squad games pretty much only, and with 30 guys, you know, that's not easy to 
old inner squad thing. Dan, if you, heard, uh, you know, if they geared up like the pitchers, uh, whether they've been uh, throwing the live batters or, or vice versa, kind of stretching them, themselves out now, trying to, you know, waiting to the, you know, the possibility. I know you talk to a lot of those guys on, on different Zooms and, and specials and things. Have they talked about their routines? I think the best thing that the Tigers did was not trade Matt Boyd last year because he's leading the way. He's found out ways in the last few weeks to throw simulated games. Uh, you know, just get a few guys together, but he just wants to be able to simulate innings. And so he'll, you know, he'll throw X number of pitches to X number of batters, sit down, you know, wait five, 10 minutes, whatever normal half inning is, 15 minutes, uh, get back up and then throw. So he's, he's trying to build it up so that when spring training is over, he's ready to go, ready to go, period. Six, seven years. Nice. And I'll bet that he's had an influence on his teammates and that everybody in that rotation, Turnbull, Norris, Zimmerman, Nova, I mean, Nova's a workhorse. These guys will all be ready, I think, in some way, shape, or form. You know, they've been not just throwing bullpens, but throwing simulated games, which is a big deal. It's a big difference because you're sitting down trying to, as the name would suggest, you know, simulate game conditions where you're sitting down, getting up, throwing your warm-up pitches, then throwing the hitters. He said, you know, you had to get creative. He, he said, I pitched to Eric Haas, who's, you know, one of the backup catchers, 18 times oh, wow. <laughs> in one game. It's not like you've got a full lineup to throw to, but, you know, typical Matt, he's like, ah, oh, I just tried to figure out, okay, how am I going to get him out this time? <laughs> After just getting him out. Uh, a minute ago. <laughs> Did he brush him so, back at all? <laughs> he said he took him deep a couple times, and you know, immediately he's like, yeah, I'm going to change up. And I mean, he immediately remembered the pitches, but he, he took it as a, a real challenge because, you know, Eric Haas has got some pop and he's got some plate discipline. So it's kind of funny. Uh, but I, I just think that the Tiger pitchers are going to be, Matt Boyd has that ability to, get you to focus. Let's not focus on what the problems are. Let's focus on this is baseball. And if we have the right attitude coming back and we embrace whatever the changes are, you know, what will we, as he said at one point, what were we expecting to go back to normal? So, okay, here are the changes. This is our reality. Let's embrace it. And let's look at this maybe as if you embrace it, we've got a competitive advantage over other teams that might be complaining or, you know, not, not happy with all the restrictions or no, this is baseball, still baseball. It's different. Let's embrace it. Maybe that's a competitive edge for us because we hit the ground running. Yeah, and even though they're going in with 60 and you got a lot of people, you know, crying about if it's not a valid season or it's not authentic, everybody's in the same situation. It could be tons of fun for the fans. could be tons of fun for the players here. And, you know, if you're the Tigers and, you know, you ask me, it's like, hey, do you want them sitting there and, and with two weeks to go playing meaningful games? That's all we ask for. So, yes, yeah, sign, sign me up for – Sign me up for this sprint and for the Tigers to hopefully stay in and play meaningful games all the way through to the end. I'm ready for that. I'm here for that. Right. Right. Is there value? And it doesn't matter in the end, right? Like you said, two weeks to go, you're within a couple spots of that fifth playoff spot. Is there value in the, if it's a 60 game season versus 100? Absolutely. There's value for those young players to experience that. A lot of them experienced that at Erie last year. So. Yeah, there's no downside if you get a chance to compete a little bit in a 60-game season. 
Yeah, and the way the virus is going, Dan, honestly, let's just hope that we can get a season and people can complain about, you know, this and that. And, you know, to that end, like, I would never put a guy on second base, you know, in my life, you know, to start – uh, the you know, right. but I was listening to Taylor Rogers, the Twins reliever today. He was kicking it around with with Brad Lidge, and Rogers had a point like, "Hey, if there's a guy on second, well, first of all, they wanted to know if they were going to be charged an earned run or not there. But then you know they're not. But he said, look, they're not. Yeah, coming in with pressure pitches right away. He he his right. point was that he thinks it's going to slow down the game. He said he would go to a slower routine. He would definitely be mixing up the signals there. And, you know, Lidge was yeah. talking about the pressure part, too, and, and really slowing it down. He he said he didn't yeah. like coming in without a clean inning and not being able to throw right. him in the dirt. And next thing you know, you're talking about, what do you bunt him over? Or are you walking the leadoff, man? Because, you know, whoever it is. So it does get the wheels uh, spinning there. And I know, you know, one thing that you've done really well, I'll, I'll say it, it for sure over the last 10 years is you you mix the new technology and analytics and everything, and then you kind of give it in, in layman's terms. Uh, it, what do you do when you got a guy at second base there, uh, Dan? Do you, do, you, do you bunt him over? I know, it de- I know it depends who's up, but, you know, they might be walking if the Tigers have, have had a guy that's, you know, hitting in that game or is on a hot streak or does well against this reliever. They're probably, you know, they're probably walking. Oh, it's it, all right? about. Yeah, it's all about where you are in the lineup, no question. Let's take the Twins lineup, for instance, which uh, Tigers will be facing 10 times. That's right. It's 300 home runs last year. So, uh, middle of the order, first base open, guys are giving you fits, righty-lefty matchup. I would think many times, and I would have to look at the minor leagues. I quite honestly have not paid attention to what the prevailing strategy is in the minor leagues. But again, heart of the order... Twins are not bunting. <laughs> they're not, you know? they're they're not, not going to be bunting. They're not bunting Cano. They're not bunting. They got no. they got home run threats literally up and down that line. Yeah, Cruz so, and Rosario. Yeah, you absolutely probably set up the force and walk that first guy. Again, you're increasing the chances of you know a run scoring. I get that, but that that's going to be the real balancing act. Or do you? You might really like the righty-on-righty, lefty-on-lefty matchup. You go after that first guy, part of the order guy, not going to be bunting. Just go after him. So it be very much about where you are in the order, what kind of lineup is it, do they bunt, and how do you like your chances against the guys coming up after that leadoff guy? It will be interesting. Like you say, I, if this is a normal season, this is a new rule change, not in favor. I totally get it. In a shortened season, people are like, well, what? You're you're trying to you're trying to avoid the 17 inning game is what you're trying to do. And in a shortened season, with you know, not much, you have no you have no minor leagues to call on. That's what happens after a 17 inning game. Yeah. You guys used to get shipped out. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have that. You don't have somebody fresh. You have somebody who's on a taxi squad who's been playing inter squad games. That's very different. So I get it, and I think it makes sense for this year. And I certainly hope they don't make that permanent. <laughs> well, and who knows? Like, yeah, that's exactly the way I would think about it. But then you go into the season, and if it really catches on, and people are talking about it a bunch, and it, and it seems like a positive. Yeah. Thing. I know when they talked about, and I know this has been kicked around a few times, where they said, "Well, let's have a first half champ, and then have a second half champ," and that gives people, you know, uh, renewed interest and all that. And I was like, "No, I, I don't like that." But you know, I, I like this. I don't care if a game's going three and a half hours. Uh, I like a hundred, you know, I'm a, I'm a 
the old school and all of that. But if they go through this year and, and this sprint and it, and it just seems to like maybe, oh, maybe a bunch of young people even start, you know, enjoying the game, right. and, you know, the, well, of exactly, exactly. And you have to think about that. You absolutely do. We all know what the demographics are for all sports, really, for baseball, especially. Um, but, you know, I hear from enough young people to know that it's, it's still a popular sport, but I know what the demographics are. And you're right. I mean, how has hockey responded to the three-on-three in overtime? I think that's been popular, don't you? Yeah, I like it. And I, there was quite a bit of pushback when they started three-on-three, three, right? Uh, well, the, people like the purists. They don't like the shootouts. Yeah. And like, you know, but, right. you know, it's hard when you get there, like you're talking about, you're exhausted. You, you get to extra innings, you see the home team go for it, you know, by bringing out their closer. I mean, there's such a focus on the 10th inning. Then you start, and it's kind of a, you know, attrition after that. And you see it, you know, drag on. And to your point, you're, you're sending three guys out after the game and you can't do that this year. Now, I don't think, you know, I, I'm glad they didn't say if we get to the 11th, we're just going to have a home run derby or, you know, but I'll give them a free pass on some of that. I, you know, we'll, we'll see what it's like, you know. But uh, you bring up a good point. I mean, it's, it's really not length of games. I mean, length of games is really only up, if you look at the last 30 years, marginally, maybe 10, 12 minutes. Um, this is, you know, it's kind of subject. You go back to the 90s, there's a big push to trim five minutes off every game. So it's more about some changes in rules that can attract new fans. And, yeah, let's not go to the home run derby after the 11th inning. But, okay, I'm, I'm willing to look at some, some things and change some things up. And uh, I don't know. I, I'd be curious to know how minor league fans like man on second uh, rule. But you're right. You know what else we'll see? We'll see. Think how often usually the home team will use their closer in a tie game in the top of the night. Right. And maybe in the top of the tent. Road team always waits. So they have a lead in extra innings, which means their best pitcher oftentimes never pitches, <laughs> right? In, the, right? in an extra inning game. They just keep waiting, waiting, waiting. And now, I would think that would change with a man on second to start every extra inning. That so you might see, you know, home manager waiting a half an inning uh, and using somebody else in the top of the ninth. I think that strategy would probably still hold. But I certainly think we'd see road managers using their closer to, if the heart of the lineup's coming up and there's a man on second to start the bottom of the 11th in a 3-3 game. Well, I know you're not going to be able to see Joe Madden. You know, he's not with the Cubs. You would if he was still with the Cubs, I guess, you know, with the, the, the Central. <laughs> but he'll be out. Uh, but I know he's – How uh, weird. Yeah, he's going to have lots of – I can imagine, you know, oh. he's looking at this piggyback and – uh, I, bet he's got, I bet he's got pages of uh, of information. He's just oh, he's just waiting to spring it on everybody. And that's you will see innovative stuff, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Hey, the Rays have made an art form of bullpen, and you know there's two different things: there's the opener, and then there's bullpen. Um, two different things, and they they've elevated both to an art form, and they have a knack for building a bullpen. I'll be. Interested to see. They're going to come up with something new. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know they will. Oh, yeah. And just keep an eye on teams like that to see what uh, what a 60-game season might bring. Yeah, I just want to see what he does with Otani. He, he could 
who knows what he's going to be doing with him with these rules and everything. He could he could have him uh, in all kinds of different spots, but uh, I can't. Right, he was coming back, you know, from Tommy John, and he was going to be on a pitch uh, innings limit certainly, and no limits now, really, no limits, and. That you know, you're going to probably be willing to let pitchers go a little deeper into games if they're pitching well, um, and even if you have a good bullpen, and you might skip that fifth starter a little more often to give uh, your number one guy 13 starts instead of 12. Mm. So all kinds of things to think about when you don't have to worry about a heavy workload. Oh, Dan, you hit the nail on the head there. There are lots of things to think about. I mean, the the world's on its side here and you know with with baseball they can uh you know have have this uh unique season here where uh, like anything goes to you know they used to say you, you couldn't win it you know in uh, in april or may but you could lose it but you know now you can so uh, kind of wish exactly. kind of wish yogi was still around you know throw some of his things out there because none of them would you know it seems like uh, none of them or all of them uh would be valid but you know what dan uh you know, it is sports, and and hopefully we can just get a season underway. It would be it would be nice for uh, I think uh, right. everybody, sports fans. Yeah. And, you know, I, and for you, like uh, it's a big thing. Like there's so many people that are dealing with anxiety, depression, uh, economic situation, uh, all of it. And you know, if we could hear your voice, it would be you know just soothing out there. Whatever we're doing, sitting at home uh, for me, I. You know, walking the dog. Uh, so I'm, I'm really hoping that we do get to hear you, and we have our fingers crossed for that. And you don't know, we don't know, but if we do get a baseball right. season, it, it, it'll be. It, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. Let's see what those first ten games are going to be like. Right, right, and just you know what? If you can get through this without stopping play, and let's face it, that's hanging over everything because it's just it's such a great unknown. If you can do that and you can finish the postseason and you learn along the way, I mean, there's going to be a premium on flexibility and, you know, fluid schedule maybe. You never know. Um, roster changes that might jump up and bite you in one day. Five, six guys suddenly not available. But if we get through it and figure out, okay, this is what we've learned from it. Here's some things we need to tweak. But we, we did it. And we managed to have the season with all the complications and all the pitfalls that were just waiting for us every day, there will be great value in that because this is not going away. And hopefully that can get you through a full season next year. Well, I'm with you on that. I appreciate your time and enjoy your walk. You with your, with your dogs? Yeah, it was a gorgeous day and they, they benefited from this more than anybody. <laughs> Their walks have at least doubled in length every day. <laughs> well, they're, they're probably getting used to you being around. They're like, hey, what's Daddy doing here? <laughs> Why are you here every day? <laughs> Do, does your family turn on the radio for the dogs when, when you're not there? Do they do that? Uh, my wife is my, my my most loyal listener. I know I've got at least one listener every night. She listens she, she through thick and thin. So I'm sure they've, they've heard a few ball games, and I probably put them to, to bed a couple of nights. Well, yeah, you got a million uh, listeners, Dan, all across Michigan, and now you know with, with the apps and everything, uh, you know that. So uh, 
we're hoping to we're hoping to hear you coming up spring training or i guess it's summer training now it'll be th- three weeks and then around what july yep. 24th we're waiting for that schedule to be released to see if you can yeah we sure are see if you can drive and i know you're you're waiting on that one so uh, i know you'll be looking at the map <laughs> as soon as that happens so <laughs> plotting it all out <laughs> yeah good luck on that uh you you might have to write a blog you'll have a lot to say by you know, just just by that, it'll be like old school. You know, driving, maybe take the train. Yeah, I know. You know, I guess not the train. Well, hey, take a train to Chicago. That's a relaxing little venture. <laughs> yeah, if you can get an open air cart, maybe I was thinking about that, but I don't know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. So yeah, well, it's gonna be. It'll be interesting. Uh, any way it goes, and just hopefully we can get through and and have a winner at the end, and uh, you know, just feel good about. Sports and life, you know? So yep. Yeah, no. You know what? The thought that if I can provide a, a few hours of distraction for some people and they can enjoy a, a night, uh, you know, in the backyard, just sitting with some friends and I'm in the background, uh, that, that makes me happy, And uh, the thought of that. And I, I look forward to, to doing that real soon. All right, Dan, we can't wait to hear you. Hopefully uh, when you open the mic, you will say warm and sunny and beautiful. We're looking forward to that. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take care, Dan. Dan, it's great talking with you. Take yeah, care. same here. Thanks for your time. There he is, the voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. And, yeah, you know, so many years working with uh, – the ticket starting out in 2006, that was my, my first year. And it was, it was, it was good timing. 2006 was a really good year for the Tigers, but just going down to the ball game and, you know, thinking about it and the, the 2006 year where the Tigers go all the way, to the World Series, and then, you know, after that, for, you know, a good decade, baseball. You know, it, we talk about when did you get back into baseball after the, you know, 94 strike. I swore it off. I, you know, I'll never give them another dime and all of that. And for a couple of years, uh, I didn't. And that's why the one thing, like, when people say, oh, 98, Sosa and McGuire brought, you know, brought everybody back to baseball. They didn't bring me back to baseball. But when you have a winning team – that can bring you back. 2006 definitely brought me back. But you know what also brought me back was the end of Tiger Stadium and then the, the opening of Comerica Park. I started going to a lot more uh, ball games. And then, you know, you get that, whether you want to swear it off or not, you end up getting that, that fever a little bit. And, and just thinking about it, and you get down there and it pulls you back in. So that's what that's what brought me back the the closing of Tiger Stadium and the opening of Comerica Park. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. I'll be back on the weekend. I need to crank it up, talk with you here. We'll have an All Star Saturday. If you're listening right now, what's an All Star Saturday? It's like you. It's like uh, you know, take calls. Now get at me uh, on Twitter. Whether it's uh, at Dennis Fithian or at Good Afternoon 21, Facebook, send me a message. Say, I want to be an all-star. We'll get you up there this Saturday, next Saturday, whenever. Kick it around. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks to Dan Dickerson. Everybody uh, have a great night, day, whenever you're listening. Good afternoon. Good afternoon.